as leaders in our various communities to create, to solve, to be a part of the solution. You know, uh, whatever you see lacking in your community, this is the time to step up to the plate and, and take the lead. The world has never been changing more rapidly, dislocating the ways we work, learn, and live. On the Learning Future podcast, we discuss the knowledge, skills, and dispositions we all need for our learning future, exploring insights with world-class educators, researchers, policymakers, and leaders from across industries and across the world. Hello, and thank you for joining the Learning Future podcast. I'm your host, Luca Parry, and today it's my pleasure to be speaking with Patrice Dua. Patrice is a poet, activist, and education entrepreneur. She's also the executive director of the Martha Dua Educational Foundation and its Sexy Like a Book initiative, which champions girls' education and builds their leadership capabilities, based in Liberia, West Africa. Patrice holds a master's degree in international relations uh, and a bachelor in media. She strives also to motivate and empower young women by supporting many local non-profit organizations and initiatives that can educate women on topics such as HIV AIDS, teenage pregnancy, education, and workforce development. Uh, she's also a regular contributor to the United Nations mission in Liberia radio show, Girl Power, that promotes self-esteem, confidence, and the importance of leadership in local communities. Patrice, it's a delight to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Luca, and congratulations on the learning future and its journey uh, so far. Oh, look, my pleasure. One of the great delights is being able to speak with amazing, amazing change makers and inspiring human beings like yourself. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing, well, for you, I know what you're up to. I'm looking forward to you sharing even further some of the great work you're doing um, in Liberia and beyond, of course. So, to start, this is a podcast about learning. What's something you've learned recently? What a question. <laughs> uh, recently, I've been learning about transitions, uh, the importance of um, cultivating a, a flexible or, yeah, a flexible attitude during mm. periods of transition. Uh, because as you know, we are going through this pandemic and there have been so many disruptions yeah. uh, across the world. And even for my, my, my family and, and, you know, a lot of people professionally as well and personally. And so I feel like, you know, I'm learning to embrace transitions and, and um, realizing that they can be the birthplace of our next big idea or move uh, if we're willing to see it, if we're willing to pay attention to, you know, what those periods of transitions are saying to us. Yeah. what they are communicating to us and what, what they are demanding from us. Um, yeah, so yes, that's what I'm learning in this, in this wow. well, uncertain period that we yeah. find ourselves in. It is what we're, what we're all learning, really, isn't it? You know, that this moment of, 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 of pause, disruption, reckoning, uh, acceleration, mm. you know, whatever, you know, in the different ways that it's manifesting. Uh, tell us a bit more about the big idea that you've been exploring through your work. Well, the big idea I've been exploring through my work is um, the idea of redesigning and structuring the education of young people where it reflects their cultural, uh, their cultural values and, you know, identities, uh, particularly, you know, with respect to the textbooks in our schools in, in Liberia in particular. 
uh, is a concept, you know, is an idea, you know, that aligns with decolonizing the uh, educational system because most of our textbooks, you know, Western influenced and they are not reflective of cultural, you know, realities. So I'm helping uh, in exploring that question, I'm also contributing to helping young people, you know, helping with the redesigning of that and, and also um, helping young people to write their own stories where, where it mirrors their identities and cultural values. Yeah. Because you're teaching someone about maybe an apple and in West Africa you have maybe something else. You know, you have uh, either mango or you have... Um, something else called sour plum and they are learning about maybe a fruit from somewhere in Europe <laughs> and, and you know but they, they can't see it you know in yeah. their everyday lives so um, that's the idea I've been exploring redesigning our educate the education of young people where um, especially girls where they can see themselves reflected uh, in in you know in those uh, systems and how you know it equips them and empowers them to excel uh, at every level of the society. Wow, that's that's really powerful. I mean, it's a really great example as well of the uh, really the requirement of you know how do we enable the, the redesign that's relevant and that's culturally derived. You know, for Absolutely. this particular unique part of the world, wherever that part of the world happens to be, it's such an interesting um, and, and necessary, I think, evolution. You know, to move away from the kind of standardization. Uh, and, and we had a wonderful conversation, uh, Haley McGuire, uh, Haley McGuire, and I, um, only only a couple of podcasts ago, about this idea of decolonizing education, and that if if that's done well. Well, actually, everyone benefits from that. Um, Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about your story, Patrice, because I, you know you are as 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 well as an educator, and you know, um, <laughs> yeah, driver of inspiring driver of change. You know, you're also a poet uh, and a writer. You know, and 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 why why have you chosen? Uh, I should also note that you were a former Miss Liberia, you know, which is also just another thing to have on your CV, which is wonderful, you know, but if it's being able to just kind of use that, that platform and, and your skill set to really choose education, you know, what's the path that's brought you to where you are today? Thank you, Luca, for that question is one of my favorite things to talk about, you know, my story. I, I, you know, most times we don't like to talk about ourselves, but this is, you know, it's good to bring it all together. I grew up in Liberia, West Africa, and when I was really little or very young, we experienced a civil war, mm. and the civil war uh, lasted for 14 years. And during that period, we were running up and down from one place to the other, and schools were, were impacted greatly. Uh, and you see child soldiers carrying arms, you know, and it was just really chaotic, you know. Yeah. And as a child, my country is the first independent African nation um, and the oldest African republic. Uh, and it had a very glorious legacy before the war, but I didn't get to see the pre-war years because I, I was very little. And when I, you know, I saw, when I became aware of where I was, I was surrounded by all of the chaos. Uh, and my mother being a, a primary school teacher, 
She taught for 50 years in rural communities. Wow. Uh, she instilled in me the value and appreciation for education at a very young age. Uh, and I lost my, my older sister last year, who was like a mother to me. Uh, and she uh, and my mom, they, they worked tirelessly during those war years to keep me surrounded by books. And, and, and those books, although I only knew the world that I was in, one of turmoil, one of chaos, uh, those books took me to a faraway country, you know, to different countries around the world. I was able to travel to like the New Champs-Élysées through my books. I was able to go to Manhattan. I was able to go to the vineyards of Italy. And I said, whoa, so you mean these books, you know, there, there's a bigger world out there, you know, outside of my tiny shores, outside of seeing, you know, child soldiers and people dying of hunger on a daily basis and children, you know, as a child experiencing that. It was on and off. And then, you know, finally it ended in 2004. At the time um, I was in high school, I graduated uh, around that time. You know, I had just finished high school and yeah. then... Um, I continued writing, you know, win, winning different awards uh, for my, my, my work. And um, I just, did, you know, began my mentorship of young girls. And I decided that, you know, it would, the same opportunities I got, I was able to, after, you know, high school, I was able to, I, I graduated as a valedictorian. I was able nice. to um, participate in a lot of activities and, and Miss Liberia came up when I was in the university. I participated in it and I won. Um, and I used my platform, you know, to champion girls' education. Uh, you can come from a place of brokenness uh, and still find hope, you know, if you're willing to put in the work uh, and, 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 and learn what you need to learn. So that's, that has been my journey. Uh, giving young girls the same opportunities that I was able to get through education, traveling across the world and, do, you know, championing courses I'm passionate about. I, I feel like it's the, the right thing to do, to give back to other girls, you know, even if they're in the villages, you know, if they're from a rural background and they can be able to go as far as they wish, um, as they dream, if they're able to, to focus on their education. Another thing that inspired a lot of young women in Liberia also uh, when we elected the first female president on the continent oh, wow. of Africa. Liberia elected Africa's first female president uh, many years ago. And that also inspired women's leadership and inspired girls across Liberia and the continent to dream uh, and achieve the unimaginable. Wow. Oh, Patrice, it's such an incredible story. So... That's <laughs> just really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. So the work, I, I mean, one other thing I just love is that you've you've called your foundation the Martha Dua Education Foundation, which is just such a wonderful way to recognise the contributions of your mother, being a teacher for fifty years. You know, I'm I'm the son of a teacher, my mum, and uh, yeah, she's just a fantastic educator. You know, and has inspired me to really step into education myself. Um, what, yes. what do you find now? I don't now? think teachers get... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. That's I, I don't think... Yeah, I feel like teachers really deserve a lot of credit, you know, because they do so well. Uh, yeah. They carry... They are just the backbones, I believe, of the society. And, you yeah. know, 
but that anywhere there are products. So yeah, we see we, well, we all are. Anybody. I mean, it's such a great point. And I'd love for you to reflect on this in Liberia because I'm, I'm yet to visit and kind of learn from the culture and, and the history. But, the, but here in Australia, you know, we have this, we have a, a status challenge with educators themselves, you know, which is strange considering educators what is the profession that creates all other professions, you know? Um, and yet there's still this, this idea that, uh, oh, you're a teacher or, and even teachers themselves sometimes saying, I'm just a teacher. And that ju- yes, the word I just, I feel like we said to rip that out of the vocabulary because it's, it, you know, a good society rests on the quality, the passions of Absolutely. its teachers, of its educators, and of course of, of families who are the first teachers, you know. So, yeah, have you have you seen changes there in Liberia? What what do you think it's gonna take for for maybe the the globe? Some countries do this much better than others, but for us to really recognise the amazing contribution that educators make. Well, in Liberia, there's been you know a lot of uh, efforts to especially, you know, aligned with what we do with girls, you know, education, women's leadership, you know, yeah. to encourage more women in the classroom, uh, especially with girls, you know, as they go through all of the different changes that they go through, it's important for them to be in an environment that again mirrors their values. You know, if you have a female teacher and you're experiencing uh, changes, you know, all of the different changes that come with the teenage years, being in a safe space where you can talk to someone one, you know, and they understand exactly what you're going through. And especially with, you know, violence against women and girls, yeah. uh, being in safe spaces where you have more female teachers, um, it really encourages, you know, the girls. So it's been a challenge where you have more male teachers versus female teachers. Yeah. I think that is changing because, you know, they're putting in a lot of um, different uh, opportunities out there for the recruitment of teachers and girls are seeing that. You know, it's a profession that they can aspire to as well. Um, I think, you know, there needs to be more recognition of, you know, of the values that that teachers, you know, bring to the table. Mm. Um, And it's it's really tough because since I was little, I've seen and I've heard, you know, teachers, I've heard some of their talks and and their complaints. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, things are improving especially when we had the, the female president, uh, there were a lot of policies put into place to help with that. And I think over the years, we just need, everything starts with awareness. Yeah, so nice. We have from our part, you know, from an advocacy standpoint, we're just continuing to create the awareness that it is indeed an honorable profession and it's something girls aspire to as well. Yeah. Take us through... Uh the kind of the leadership development, the education support that, you know, um, that the foundation runs and also it's sexy like a book initiative, which is really memorable actually as an initiative, (laughs) which is great branding, which I know is one of your skill sets. Uh, you know, like what, what, what are you trying to achieve there with the idea of reading and literacy, um, and also self-expression, which is part of your own story, powerful part of your own story. Uh, you know, what, what are the different ways that, that you're seeing, uh, girls and young women uh, and young people at large kind of benefit and, and the kind of skill sets that, that they are really picking up and, and that are helping them to live better lives? 
So we're sexy like a book, uh, the Martha Dua Educational Foundation. We take on um, a social an academic and social approach, hence sexy and like a book. <laughs> so um, the whole idea is to, to change the perception you know, of young girls to help them realize that you can be sexy if you're smart, if you're socially conscious young leader, if you're, if you're assertive, if you're creative, if you're outspoken, you can be sexy. Uh, and so we use this to this approach of, you know, creative writing, uh, social, you know, expressions, um, public speaking workshops to help to break, you know, some of the barriers that we experience uh, as far as girls' education are con uh, is concerned in Liberia. And so we do different, uh, these workshops that I mentioned, and mm. through these workshops, girls are able to find their voice. So they are able to write about taboo topics. Because as you know, as I, it's, it's a deeply traditional and patriarchal culture. And sometimes some topics like female genital mutilation and other things seem mm. off limits, you know, that like you can't talk about them. And so we, we give them the confidence and the, the skills to write about these different topics that are seen as taboo topics in the society and to, to tell their stories, you know, and experiences. Because most advocacy efforts I've noticed around girls um, speak for girls and never give girls the chance to tell their own stories. So you just hear, oh, girls, you know, X amount of girls are out of school around the world and girls face, you know, challenges during puberty. Uh, you know, they have challenges with, with, with being in school during their periods and all of that. But yeah. girls never get to tell their own stories. And so with Sexy Like a Book, we're equipping girls with the skills and the tools for them to be able to tell their stories their way so that we develop them into visionary uh, and socially conscious young leaders who contribute to their communities and the world. So they develop the social and emotional skills where they're able to make informed decisions mm. uh, and contribute to their community. Wow, Patrice, sounds just fantastic. Do you know, as, as you were saying, you know, the idea of a social meeting academic, you know, or social change as well as kind of academic shifts or supports. I was thinking about strong like a book, you know, for the young men that think, you know, like... That's like, a good one. You know, like get into read, like, like be socially that. aware, you know, can be able Absolutely. to control your emotions, be well read, be wise, be a philosopher, you know. Yeah, this, Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I, I always... Sexy like a book. Yeah, well, you know, as a as someone that identifies as a man, you know, like what's my role as an ally, particularly at this moment, right, around the world that I want to see, that I think we need, which is, of course, one that's more equitable. And I like the fact that you stress, you know, the, the fact that men need to be allies because most times when you're talking about, you know, gender issues, you know, women's, uh, women empowerment and girls empowerment issues, people always say, oh, you know, they speak of it as if, it's, you know, we, we are isolating our male counterparts. Or you guys can actually be allies well, in the yeah. fight. So I like, I like. I, I would I go. Like I mean, I'd go further. I think we. I mean, I didn't even know if ally or allyship is the is even the strongest framing. But you know, one of the greatest challenges I think with with uh, as I see it with gender equality mm -hmm. isn't isn't women. It's men because it's men Absolutely. in these patriarchal societies that hold power. It's men that are committing violence against women. Largely, Absolutely. you know, overwhelmingly, in fact, quite sadly. So it's how then, yeah, we have to be having a conversation as men simultaneously. Yeah. Otherwise, 
all the all the challenges on victim survivors, you know, um, yep. in, in kind of True. violent situations. And that's not just grossly unfair, uh, it's not going to change the world in a really significant way. We need to shift and redesign. That's why your lovely point around how we redesign systems, <laughs> education systems, societal yeah. systems, so that they work for everybody. Um, yeah. Have you got, have you got a, a, like a story of, it strikes me that often it's around confidence as well, like a young person, you just don't know what you don't know. And so with Sexy Like a Booker's initiative and, and the other work you do around, you know, female leadership, have you seen, what are the changes that you see through that work, through someone that kind of enters, enters the initiative, you know, not really knowing what it's about? Uh, and, you know, what's the end goal? Like I know that you've done things like you the, mean mis- what? Well, like the mm-hmm. miseducation awareness pageant, you know, is another another initiative that you'd Yeah, it was, it was you know, yeah, like, one of our initiatives, yeah. yeah so, I see girls when they enter the program, most girls, you know, when they come into any of my programs, you know, because most times they are, you, you go to speak. I recruit these girls from the different high schools. You know, either I go to speak at a career fair or they find me on social media or their parents find me or hear about me and say, I want my daughter to be like you, you know, because, um, <laughs> because of the myth <laughs> of the Miss Liberia pageant. That's what I really, and the whole idea of sexy, like a book really stemmed from my time of being Miss Liberia also, you know, using a title that is usually, you know, perceived negatively. Sometimes if you're a beauty queen, people think it's all about, you know, your looks, Aesthetics, yeah. you know, but then I was able to use that platform to say, you know, I wasn't growing up. I never saw myself as someone who wanted to be all glamorous. I was all about my books, you know, from the war years, reading during the war, writing my stories and using that as an outlet um, and being able to, you know, this is an opportunity uh, with the Miss Liberia. I use that as an opportunity to pass down the same uh, skills to young girls and encourage them to beyond all of the physical things that are usually distractions. Yeah. Uh, and so girls, when they enter the, the program, sometimes they're very shy. They're, you know, they're unable to, some of them are not able to, but they're very talented, very brilliant young girls. Uh, but sometimes they lack maybe the confidence to express themselves around certain, you know, topics. And when they leave, they're so, most of them have gone on over the years of my mentorship, most of my mentees, some of them have even gone on to get, you know, their masters. Uh, they've started initiatives of their own. Nice. Uh, and they also, one of the things I forgot to stress is that we we produce an anthology of all of the different workshops that we do. Every year we produce one anthology where the girls, you know, write all of the different, you know, uh, poems and essays and we publish uh, their works in in a book. So we have the second anthology from the second cohort of young writers that is going to be released uh, later uh, this year. And so, yeah, they start their own initiatives. They, they yeah. become like ambassadors in their communities, going outside, you know, recruiting other young girls and mentoring them as well. Wow. Uh, we also provide scholarships and educational resources and all proceeds from the book. We use the proceeds to go back into the project. Mm. So it's our own way of uh, sustaining the initiative. I love mm-hmm. it. I love that it's a, it's like a, re- it's a real audience, you know. Uh, 
because you create you publish you publish the work, you know. And, uh, yeah, we and have the, our partnership in in our partner rather in in the U.S. Village Tales uh, Publishing. So they offered to publish uh, uh, the girls' anthologies for as long as we are doing this uh, competition, the writing competition. And then, um, yeah, they are helping us to do that. And then we, mm. yeah, we have it on Amazon and anyone who wants to support usually right. goes there and supports the girls. Yeah, that's how it is. Fantastic, Patrice. Tell me, just a question on this. Because it's the more that the more that I have conversations about the future of learning and how we how we kind of really think deliberately about the environments and the experiences that we create through formal and informal learning experiences, uh, the more I, I kind of really start coming. Well, the more people start talking about identity, about my story, their st- you know our story, mm-hmm. and this idea of focusing less on just the kind of content or the what. And even some, in some yeah. ways less on the skills, right? Which is like what you can do with what you know. But the idea of who, yeah. who am I? Who are we? This is yeah. my story, my voice. And yeah. if we can unlock that by changing some of the really significant barriers that exist, um, I think that's, that's, well, I think that's how we get closer to human flourishing or the idea of having a, a human being that can thrive in not just in work but in life. What's your reflection on the idea of giving, enabling somebody to powerfully share their own story through, in this case, writing, poetry, art, prose, uh, but through really any medium? My reflection on it is that because that's what I've been doing all through my work, you know, yeah, telling yeah. stories, whether it's my work through communications, whether it's through, through design. I think, you know, storytelling is really powerful and is at this time, you know, when we are going through this period of instability where we have, we are all being forced to sit still. I think, you know, it's, it helps us to connect with one another, our communities, yeah. uh, in, in our society, our, with each other and our different, you know, communities and to see, to really dig deeper. So it, it helps us become better when we tell our stories. Um, I have a poem in my book that, that is called Tell Your Story. Nice. So, you know, the idea of telling your story uh, to cultivate uh, uh, resilience, to, to, to foster healing. Um, so I think it makes us better mm. when, when we are able to show up in the world, you know, yeah. as our authentic selves, the good, the bad, the ugly. Because stories really have the power to transform. Wow. I don't know if I'm really answering the question. No, that's great. Absolutely. Uh, This idea that, you know, truth can be anti-trauma, you know. So for someone to be able to share their truth and for it to be heard and listened to has to be the way that we we heal some of the, well, uh, you know the injustices that exist everywhere in society. Everywhere, but certainly, Absolutely. you know, um, with the legacies of civil war and other aspects, as as you attest to. If we're having this conversation in, let's say, ten years, Patrice, you know, so we're a bit wiser, maybe, <laughs> debatably, mm-hmm. you and I. Like, what what's the future that you're you're really hoping to bring about? If we sit down, you know, um, in twenty, gosh, what's going to be twenty thirty one. You know, what, what, what do you hope for the future of learning and the future of education in, in your country, but also, you know, in the region and, and actually beyond as well? 
I would like to see more female leaders, you know, in uh, across West Africa, Africa and the world. Um, you know, like I said, redesigning our system, you know, to educate the citizens the educational system where the values of young women are reflective and where they are given the leadership skills beyond the classrooms to become the best that they can be, uh, which is what Sexy Like a Book also represents. Uh, so I would like to see a lot of young women at different levels of the society in 2030. Uh, mm. 2030, that's you know, when we will, um, the SDGs would have come to an end and will be rethinking a new era, you know, for all of, for, for, for the society as far as development is concerned. Um, so I would hope that, you know, all, by then we would have made great progress in achieving the SDGs and also creating a lot of female and socially, socially conscious female leaders across West Africa and mm. the world. Wow. And we've already seen the role women have played during the pandemic uh, societies with women, you know, as leaders have made great progress. So it's time to really give more women the chance um, and not fear them um, and, and see them as allies and work together. Mm. But I would really like to see a world where more women are in positions of leadership. In Liberia, we've had a lot of challenges with women. Although we've had a female president, um, there have been, we thought the glass ceiling was broken, you know, but we, we still have challenges with women. Currently, I think we only have two women in the house. Um, one was, the, the, there were more women, but some, you know, one was there and one got, just got reelected recently. And, and it was a huge battle, you know, right. to get her, get a second woman there. How many, so how many people like, in the house in total, in the in the House of Parliament? Yeah, but it's a male-dominated house. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's only two women, it <laughs> yeah, sounds like. It, a... Currently in Africa, Rwanda has the highest female representation yes. in Africa of women in Parliament. And although Liberia was the first country on the continent to have elected a female president, we only had 12% uh, with, uh, female representation in, in the Parliament. And it even went lower than that uh, recently. So now wow. we have a second woman we're hoping to keep doing designing our educational system where girls can see themselves reflected at all levels yeah. it is, you can't tell a girl to only become a teacher she can become an engineer she can become a writer she can become a doctor she can become a professor she can become whatever she wants to be at every level of the society so that's my dream and my vision not only for liberia not only for west africa not only for africa but all across the world mm. Oh, Patrice, it's just a delight to speak with you. What, uh, that's so true, you know, there's the saying, you know, to be it, it helps to see yeah. it, you know, like mm -hmm. to actually show that model uh, and to have someone that really is, has blazed that trail before you, you know, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, how do we ensure that, well, maybe this is the new era, the new era of, of female leadership, as you say. Absolutely. Um, and perhaps not past time. Final question for you, Patrice, is we've, we've covered some, some ground here, you know, um, <laughs> your story, the idea of sexy like a book, your leadership capabilities, the social and the academics combining those two. Uh, what's your take-home message for us from, from everything you've learned on the journey so far and where you currently are at? So my take-home message is that we have the responsibility to create what we want to see in the world. 
So as we go through this period of instability and we are complaining and, you know, we're seeing all of the, the gaps <laughs> that yeah. exist, we should take upon ourselves as leaders in our various communities to create, to solve, to be a part of the solution. You know, uh, whatever you see lacking in your community, this is the time to step up to the plate and, and take the lead. Uh, and not just sit around uh, getting distracted by everything we're going through. Mm. This is as we, you know, we've been able to pause for such a long time. This is an opportunity to be observant of what's going on around us. All of the changes we're experiencing. It's an opportunity to innovate, yeah. to unlearn, you know, some of the things that we, the patterns we held onto for so long. Uh, so whatever we we see as a problem in our various communities that us contribute to being a part of the solution. Patrice, that's, uh, I'd love for you to share a poem, particularly because it's been such a big part of your own journey and self-expression uh, in terms of telling your own story. So do you have one that, because uh, of course you have many in all the books you published, <laughs> which one might you want to share with us today? Oh, thank you for that. And uh, this is a treat, I believe, to our listeners. Uh, is I have a poem called Tell Your Story from my book, Under Duke Skies, which was Amazon's number one new release in African poetry. Oh, wow. Fantastic. In 2018. Great. <laughs> so tell your story. Tell your story. The old ones, the new ones, the recycled ones, the forgotten ones the ignored ones. Stories from yesterday hidden between the pages of life's puzzle and toil. Stories from yesteryears buried under rocks and concrete floors. Tell your story, the sad ones, the treasured ones, the painful ones, the liberating ones. Stories of voices too caged to speak. Stories of generations on whose shoulders you stand. Tell your story, the heart-wrenching ones, the lung-dancing ones, the mind-boggling ones, the hip-swinging ones, stories of triumph washed on distant shores, stories of warriors who conquered kingdoms and thrones. Tell your story. Part your lips and let them speak. Wink your eyes and let them blink. Unearth your voice and let it ring. Tell your story. In high melodies and low symphonies, through walks and dance, through anguish and grief, through laughter and cries, on mountains high and valleys low, tell it loudly, tell it slowly, tell it softly, tell it with voice shaking, trembling, shouting, but tell it. Stories of Jar River, stories of Patawi. You own it, you worked for it, you sacrificed for it. So tell it, tell it proudly, tell it majestically, tell it while standing tall, tell it while bowing low, but tell it, tell it, Tell it, tell it, because my darling, who will tell it if you don't? Patrice, thank you for spending some time with us today and, and thank you for the inspiring work you continue to do. Thank you for having me, Luca. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad that we were finally able to <laughs> do this. <laughs> yeah, good perseverance <laughs> on our parts. Thanks for listening to the Learning Future podcast. To find out more about our work, drop into thelearningfuture.com and follow us at Learning Future on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Here's to building a world of thriving learners together.